everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Healthfully. We have a very exciting guest today. Sasa is a San Francisco-based activist, and we are very lucky to have them here today. Hey, everyone. I'm Sasa. I'm currently a junior in high school and born and raised in SF. Um, and as Izzy said, I am a San Francisco-based activist, so I do a lot of work here around the Bay Area. Awesome. We're, re- we're, uh, <laughs> awesome. we're happy to have you here. Let's get into the questions. First, I just wanted to start off with some background information on you. Tell us about your work and activism, favorite hobbies and pastimes, as well as any other important details about you. Yeah, yeah so start, starting off, um, I do a lot of work in activism, so different sectors, including environmentalism, which I'll be diving into more today. I also do a lot of general uh, social justice movements, so that includes uh, racial justice uh, around sexual violence and uh, sexual harassment as well. So I do a lot of youth-based movements around those. Awesome. You have a history in youth-led activism. Why do you think it's important that our generation takes a stand on what they believe in? Looking throughout history, the most powerful movements have been led by the youth, and the youth have been at the forefront, um, influencing politicians, doing um, actions, including lobbying, um, marches, all sorts of movements to help influence policies um, and really make a change in our society. And that's something I've seen through a lot of uh, youth-led movements in history, um, including some modern ones that are still existent today. And so the youth have always been kind of the ones driving these movements and the ones that really can make that powerful changes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was wondering, how did you get your start in activism? And for me, it started at a really young age. Um, When I was younger, I was always really interested in hearing about systems of power and oppression. And when I was really young, I learned about privilege, I think in my sixth grade history class. Mm. So that was really my first exposure to these social movements and these social systems. So I really wanted to find solutions in order to create equity and diverse systems in our society. And those those, um, like messages really touched me since I am from one of those underrepresented groups um, to identify as a queer, non-binary, and person of color. So mm-hmm. it's always been difficult to find my place in society, I feel like. And in order to kind of alleviate that and help other people in my position, I really wanted to get more involved in activism. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Has anyone ever inspired or motivated you when it comes to just standing up for what you believe in? For me, I've had a couple of role models, like, I think looking at the history books, there aren't many people from my background that are represented, so it was kind of difficult to find people to look up to in that way. But throughout my life, I've met a ton of mentors who've helped push me and help me develop as a leader, and one of those includes one of my teachers um, from middle school, actually, which is where Izzy and I met, and they were this person who was so bold and so Um, influential in my life and they are the ones who pushed me to become a leader through student government and also pushed me in policy Um, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where I got my start for that and through that experience I've been able to meet a ton of uh, activists based in our community and who have worked in marches working again in public policy and that's kind of what influenced me to become the leader I am. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like school and like, especially like education just helps so many people get their start. And I just think that's why like teachers are so important and because they just have like a relationship with their students and like they push them to like do things that sometimes they normally wouldn't do. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So our next question, what do you think about intersectionality when it comes to climate change? Do you have anything to say about how climate change affects minority communities? Yeah, I think intersectionality plays a huge part in how climate change affects underrepresented communities. And this is seen really easily in San Francisco where the different neighborhoods are really separated by like, racial and ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, the Bayview uh, has, uh, or the shipyard side of the city has a lot of pollution, which is a well-known fact in San Francisco. So they're the most affected by climate change. And, and that includes like oil spills or general pollution um, or waste that's dumped in those areas, which are typically lower income communities. And for this, minority groups are typically underrepresented in the climate movement. So they usually aren't the ones being heard in their needs and their wants um, in terms of influencing policies, which is a huge issue in terms of like what we do in our lobbying, since we are the ones um, kind of pushing for policies in order to help these groups that are most affected by climate change. Yeah, definitely. So our next question, what about your work in climate change? What organizations are you a part of? Currently, I've been a part of the Sunrise Movement. So I started that when I was in my freshman year of high school. So that's about uh, two or three years or so. So we've worked a lot in building a youth hub in San Francisco, originally starting at Lowell High School, which is where I attend high school, and branching out to the other high schools in our area. We've worked on various movements, I worked um, in the political team of my hub. So we've worked um, with local politicians and helping them in their elections. Um, that includes lobbying or vote tripling, just really getting involved in civic engagement and also engaging other youth in our community to get involved in those ways. So I've also been involved in the JOW team, which stands for Justice, Equity, and Anti-Oppression. And that focuses a lot on racial justice within the climate movement. And we've worked on discussions involving racial equity, discrimination, and around sensitive topics in order to start that discussion. Yeah, that's great. Can you talk a little bit about Sunrise's um, impact on San Francisco, such as like work they've done to like change um, climate change, or like protests or like marches they've led? Yeah, and most recently we've done a, a couple of demonstrations around the Calsters movement. So uh, for those of you who are not familiar, CalSTRS is uh, essentially a retirement program or some, or funding for teachers um, when they retire. So we learned that uh, that funding is um, investing in fossil fuels and like the fossil fuel industry. So we protested against that through a banner drop, um, which is where we uh, paint a large banner and then put it in a public place so many people can see it. A lot of cars drive by as well. And what the poster or what our banner said was CalSTRS um, divest or CalSTRS invest in fossil fuels. 
And we really wanted the messaging to be for them to divest from fossil fuels in the industries. Um, so people know like where the money is going to and how we can uh, kind of divest from that uh, industry. Yeah, definitely. Like I remember seeing like the big banner. I just thought it was yeah. so powerful. Yeah. Um, for the next question, do you have any organizations you recommend that our listeners get involved in? Yeah, I think for more of the youth who are looking to get started, I would just say really connecting with those around you, and that includes your mentors and friends, um, anyone who's worked like adjacent to these movements or in activism or policy. Um, some organizations include the Sunrise Movement, which I've just mentioned. Um, other climate-based ones, I know there's uh, locally, there's Youth Versus Apocalypse, which is another great climate organization. And they also have other chapters based in cities across the nation. And in terms of social justice or general policy, I would just say seeing what areas um, are influencing your local governments. And so that can be around issues like the school systems or um, just racial justice or how different neighborhoods are impacted. So really looking at those local issues and kind of branching out from there. That sounds great. Okay, for our next has climate justice affected you personally? Do you have any tips or recommendations for listeners on how to take care of yourself, both mentally and physically, with the pressure of activism? I love this question, especially. <laughs> I think for me, um, coming from my background, so I'm Filipino-American, mm-hmm. and most of my family still lives in the Philippines which is greatly affected by typhoons and tropical storms. And over the years, those storms have really developed and they've hit much harder and have a more severe impact nowadays than previous years. And seeing how affected they are by um, these strong tropical storms, which really are exacerbated by the climate um, or global warming, um, the climate movement, so I've, that's really influenced me in order to you know, participate more in these movements and really make a change in terms of um, kind of alleviating the effects of climate change. And although we can't stop it fully, there's a lot more that we can do to reduce the impact on those most affected. Mm. And for me, since I'm not directly affected by that, I feel even more of a need to be involved and use my voice to advocate for those people who can't. And in terms of what I do to take care of myself, it is a really emotionally taxing job, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like it's sometimes working, almost like working a full-time job, but not getting paid in a sense, but I guess kind of getting paid more um, like mentally or just like within your community and your soul. So for me, I usually like to take some time either going on walks or just trying to breathe and process through it all. I also go to therapy on a weekly basis. So that's really been kind of pulling me through in terms of all the work I do, just like emotionally and mentally. So I really encourage that for my people who are just starting off. Yeah, I think that's a really great answer. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, do you have anything else you would like to say to our listeners about this topic? Yeah, I think in general, Um, most people find it very intimidating to start off in activism or any sort of social justice movement. So I would just say, go for it. For me, Mm -hmm. I was really afraid at first in terms of starting in policy or activism. Um, But my mentors, as I mentioned earlier, really pulled me through and really pushed me to my fullest potential in this work. 
I think without them, I wouldn't have the strength or motivation to push myself um, past, you know, these invisible walls I set up for myself and really just grow and develop into the person I am. And I think I've learned so much about myself through this process of being a leader and um, exploring activism, exploring different issues in my community and being more involved in the conversation, um, in the setting. So it is just, I think, a life-changing process. Um, and I really just encourage so many people to take that first step. Yeah, definitely. That's a really great answer. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. Like, I think all me and, well, not just the listeners, but all me learned a lot from just your answers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course.